Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week three of our Advent Sermon series called The Reason for the Season. And again, what we're doing in this series is trying to get behind all that Christmas has become so we can not only see, but more importantly, experience with every fiber of our being why Christmas really is one of the most significant events to happen in the history of the world. So in week one, what we discovered is is while Jesus is undeniably a central player in the Christmas event, our deeper inquiry led us to the profound, life-changing truth that we are actually the reason for the season. Because ultimately, Christmas is the event where God stepped down out of his existence to chase after us. Then last week, as we delved into another facet of the Christmas story, we discovered that not only are we the reason for the season but that Jesus also came as our ultimate example, or he came to show and teach us what it looks like to live God's will. And so today, and to continue to build upon all of that, we're going to be exploring another profound aspect, another main reason for the season, which is Jesus as our light. But to get into that, I'm going to need you guys to imagine with me a well-worn path in the midst of a dense forest with trees along both sides that goes for miles and miles and miles, eventually leading to the place where you need to be. Next, what I want you to do is try to imagine what it would be like to navigate that path in the dark. Or imagine being out there in the wilderness all by yourself in the middle of the night where the darkness just swallows you whole. Because that takes this once lovely hike through the forest that that you were looking forward to and not only makes it scary, but it makes it very, very dangerous. Well, in a sense, what that dark path represents is the path we all know as we journey through this life. And that a whole lot of the time it feels like we're just stumbling around out there in the dark. And what usually happens as we're just stumbling around out there in the dark is we get lost. Or we begin to wander from the path into this thick forest where all sorts of danger exists, which ultimately keeps us from reaching our destination. Or how many of you might just know this place in life? Anybody? If you're a human being, you know this place. If you haven't known this place, please come to me because you figured out something I don't have, right? I mean, it's just who we are. It's kind of how our life works. So now what I want you to do is I want you to imagine while stumbling around out there in the darkness, you just happen to find a flashlight. You turn it on. And what's going to happen as soon as you turn that light on and your eyes have a chance to adjust is that once dark and scary place, it now becomes manageable. And that instead of just wandering around out there hoping that you're still on the path, you now can clearly see where you are and and where you need to go to reach your destination, even though you can't see everything, right? We'll never be able to see everything, but we can see enough. Well, for me, Jesus is like that flashlight. He's the one who has come into our darkness to give us a way to see instead of just stumbling around out there in those dark Woods, or in a sense, that's how Jesus functions as our light. 
But now that you have that metaphor running around in the back of your minds, let us now get into the practical to see how this works in more concrete ways. And to do this, I'm going to need you to use your imagination one more time. So what I want you to imagine this time is that one time when you were a kid, how through a, prof, a process of events where you were just trying to have fun, you ended breaking something valuable in your house. How many of you can think of exactly what I'm talking about here anyway? Yeah, I think we've all been here too, right? Next, what I want you to imagine is after months and months of trying to hide what you have done, with the hope being that nobody's going to find out about it and you're never going to get in trouble, on accident, your mother finds what has been broken and is now standing in front of you with the evidence in her hands and that look in her eye, asking you what in that moment seems to be the most important question you've ever been asked. Did you break this? Or as my mother would say it, did you break this? Joshua Samuel Lou, did you break this? Which you know is serious, by the way, because she used your middle name, that name that only gets used when things are about to go down. Well, basically, the way you can respond to this situation is in two different ways. Lie through your teeth and hope you get away with it by pinning it on your sibling, which, by the way, is what I used to do, and sometimes works, sometimes works. Or you can simply fess up and tell the truth and take your punishment. So what should you do? Or more importantly, what's the right thing to do in that situation? Well, of course, the easy answer to this question, if you're not the one in trouble here, is we need to tell the truth no matter what the consequences may be. And all because that's the right thing to do. But that then leads to a bigger, more foundational question, which is, how do we really know that lying is bad and telling the truth is good? Or how do we really know the right thing to do in this scenario? And I know it's simple. I know it's basic. Well, very simply put, because there, there's volumes of complexity wrapped up in this question. As Christians, the reason we know that lying is wrong and telling the truth is right is because that is what Jesus teaches. Or is, this is not only something Jesus taught, but it's something that he lived in every area of his life. And why that matters is because... What the Christmas event reveals to us about who Jesus really is, is Jesus was not just some ordinary bloke like the rest of us stumbling around out there in the darkness, but instead was the creator of the universe showing up into our existence. And one of the main reasons for why God did that is because through Jesus, God, as the one who created all of this, the one who put all of this together to function in specific ways, is trying to show and tell us the right thing to do based on how he created his world to work. Or to give you a metaphor, this would be like buying a new fancy computer that you really don't know how to use. And middle-aged old people, you know what I'm talking about? Yep. And then having the designer, not some technician, showing up to teach you how to use it. Well, what that reveals to us regarding how Jesus functions as our light is that in a world where we really don't have any kind of direct access to what is right and what is wrong based on logical principles. And I wish we did. And I've worked on this for years, by the way. Jesus acts as our light, revealing to us that telling the truth is better than lying. Or to take all that complexity and make it really, really simple. We know that lying is wrong is because Jesus said so. And the reason we trust what Jesus has to say is because he is God or he is the designer who knows how things work. And so we can trust him. But, but now that you're seeing all of that, now that we've kind of laid that foundational piece, for me, the next logical step is to move beyond what Jesus has to teach us about telling the truth in this, you know, simple situation and begin to realize that everything Jesus said works in the exact same way. 
Because again, what we find through the way that Jesus taught and how he lived is the one who designed and created all of this, showing and telling us how to live into our best possible lives. And all because what Jesus is doing is our light. Is he didn't just come into the world to give us these arbitrary rules to live by or else. No, ultimately Jesus came or another reason for the season was to show us in a way that we can all understand how to live according to God's purpose, how to live according to the plan, the design that he set forth. Or again, like we, shouldn't, or like we should listen to the one who designed the computer to know how to use it. Well, the same thing is true when it comes to listening to Jesus as the designer of all of this. And you guys see it, right? It's really simple. It's really basic. It's straightforward. That's how he functions as our light. But now that you have all of that, rolling around in your brains. Let me now walk you through some biblical examples that I think are relevant for us today so you can see it. So when it comes to our enemies, you know, those people we really, really don't like and have done something to us. Well, our first reaction as humans is to respond to the evil they have done to us by doing evil to them, revenge. What Jesus teaches us to do is this. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Yeah, so what Jesus is teaching us to do when it comes to our enemies is not doing what we want to do. Because let's be honest, when someone does something evil to us, what, what is our response? We want revenge. We want to come back at them. But instead, Jesus tells us to love. But the reason Jesus tells us that is not because he's trying to keep us, you know, from doing the things that we want to do. No, what Jesus is doing here is he's showing us the only way we can get out of that cycle of revenge of people going back and forth and back and forth is love and forgiveness. Because what's going to happen if you actually choose to take revenge on the person who has done wrong to you, you're not going to end up winning that, right? Right. So when you fire back, what are they going to do to you? They're going to fire right back. And then what are you going to do, right? And it's this endless cycle that goes on and on and on. So to free yourself from that cycle. And think about the Hatfield McCoys here. Think about Israel and Palestine to a certain extent. What we got to do is just like Jesus, we've got to choose the way of love. Even though it's the hardest thing we will ever do because that's the only way you break that cycle. Or or to really get at the power of this teaching. How many of you right now at this very moment have some enemies? Have some people that you're going back and forth with right now. Maybe it's big, maybe it's small, but it's there. Now I ask you, how's that going for you? Is it everything that you wanted? Is that revenge really what you're seeking in your life? Does it make you feel any better? No, it's not going to do anything good for you. So how you are set free from that is to choose to love your enemies even when it's the hardest thing to do. And then to give you another relevant example, the, the truth is for many of us today, We spend most of our time worrying. Or how many of you, if you're honest with yourself, might just spend a little bit too much time worrying about things that don't matter? I think all of us, to a certain extent, we worry about these things. Or we worry about what we look like, what kind of car we drive, what people think of us, or about that zit on our nose if we happen to walk in and it's there, right? That's all we're worrying about as we're in that place. And really, what does the worry do for us? Does it do anything good for us at all? No. It sucks the joy out of life, making some of us absolutely miserable because it just comes in and consumes everything that we are. Well, that's why Jesus, as our light, teaches us to do this. 
Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, did you catch that on the back end there? Can any of you add a single hour to your life by worrying about it? So basically what Jesus is saying here is quit worrying about those things that don't matter because not only is it going to make you miserable, but don't you know we serve a God who needs, who knows our needs? And just like he does for the flowers of the field and the birds of the air, and just like he's gotten you to this point in life when at points you didn't think you were going to make it, don't you think he's going to provide for you? Now, there is a difference between giving you what you want and what you need. Keep that in mind, my friends. But God always provides for our needs. And so what we need to do instead of worrying or instead of spending our time worrying about those things that don't matter is this. This is what Jesus teaches us to do. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Or what Jesus is telling us to do here is to quit with all that worrying. It's not doing you any good. And instead, give yourself to serving him. Because when we do that, the promise is that he's going to take care of everything else. Right? And how many of you know that's true in that when you give yourself to doing what God has called you to do, it's like everything else fills in. It doesn't mean your life's perfect. It doesn't mean that bad things aren't going to happen. It just means that you're cared for and you have what you need. How many of you guys know that place? So why do we worry all the time? Really, why do we worry all the time? And then to conclude, Jesus says this, and this is one of those sayings that I think you should have posted on your door as you walk out of the house. This is the conclusion to everything he teaches about where he says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry with itself. Every day has enough trouble of its own. Just imagine if you walked out of the door in the morning, that was a part of your mantra. I'm going to worry about today and nothing else, because today has enough problem of its own. Well, that's what it looks like to live into the better life. That's how Jesus is our light in these particular situations. So now that you guys are getting your mind wrapped around all of that, let me sum things up very, very simply. So what trying to do life without Jesus is like is you and I out there on that forest path in the dark, wandering around and getting lost, never reaching our destination. While giving ourselves to Jesus is like finding a flashlight in the forest, which gives us the ability, no matter how dark things may get, to not only find our bearings, but to ultimately see well enough to reach our destination. And in turn, what all of that teaches us about the real reason for the season is a big part of why God stepped down into our existence to become one of us is because Jesus came to be our light. He came to be the means which we can know what to do and how to do it as we go about hiking in the darkness towards our final destination in him. So you guys see it? Right, this is one of the things we, we all know, right? We don't maybe not think about it in this way. This is one of the things we know. You want to live into the life that is truly life. Turn on your flashlight. Follow the way. Follow the guide. Because if you don't, if you don't, you'll find yourself back there in that place that you don't want to be. 
wondering what's next. Where do I go now? Let us pray. Again, Father, we are so grateful for this sermon series that that helps us to see that we are the reason for the season. We are the reason you came into the world to chase after us because what you want most is a relationship with every single one of us. And then not only did you come to save us, but you came to be our light. You, you came to be that flashlight that we hold in our hands so that we can navigate this dark world, Lord, if we'll just listen to your teachings, if we'll just follow your way. So help us, O oh Lord, not just get what we've talked about today with our heads. Lord, help us to live it in every single way. Or may we be the kind of people who never go anywhere without our flashlight. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.